0: The November 3rd election is quickly approaching, and Ohio Secretary of State Frank LaRose is sending an official absentee ballot request to every registered voter. But don't wait. With more Ohioans planning to vote absentee than ever, now is the time to submit your request. Polls will be open on a...
2: everybody we are back it is the Justin Kinner show with kev nash live here on 1410 espn radio happy friday i hope all of you've had a great day ride along the river and everything
1: like that so i've been doing that for a couple years now and she kept saying i'm gonna buy a bike i'm gonna come ride with you i'm gonna come buy a bike ride with you she has finally got the bike we're going on a ride tomorrow and sunday so we're going to be out there on the path so look out for your boy
2: no no on your net- left on your left you need netflix movies Paul, I am going to watch
1: that uh, Jamie Foxx movie that's on Netflix. I've heard some good things, so I'm going to watch that as well.
2: Alright, so again, I hope everyone has some fun plans for the weekend, and we've got a jam-packed uh, show for you here this afternoon. Uh, we're going to hear from Herm Edwards coming up here in just a little bit. Herm Edwards joined us uh, on 1410 Wing Live. We're going to hear from Arizona State head football coach Herm Edwards coming up at 4 o'clock. Uh, him and Keith Byers played uh, for a short amount of time together in the NFL with the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, so Byers is going to join us for that conversation, but it's it's interesting, Kev, kind of getting his perspective on the difference in the reaction to the postponement of the 2020 fall season out of the Pac-12 versus the reaction out of the Big Ten. And uh, we'll want to touch on this quickly. I guess, again, the parents are still outside that headquarters. Oh, they're still there now? Oh, they're back today. In fact, uh, there was police involved that was basically trying to kind of push them back uh, and not let them get as close to the headquarters this time. And I, I guess all I have to ask is, and I respect their fight, okay, but... What are you trying to accomplish right now? Like, and I know what they want. They want transparency and those are cute buzzwords and they Mm -hmm. meant a lot more earlier in the week than I think they do now. My point, you want transparency, you want all that, but okay, let's say you get it. Are you going to sleep better at night? If they say, okay, here's our scientific findings as to why we pulled the plug on the 2020 season, are you going to say, oh, well, why didn't you just say so? Okay, I'm going to go sit over here and be quiet. Like, come on now. Like, Mm -hmm. this is why I'm, like, not really getting too emotionally caught up in it because I'm, like... It's it's not going to change anything, right. and I feel like you're you're just creating more noise than there needs to be because it's not like the Pac-12 is having these same issues. The right. Pac-12, 12, of 12, uh, twelve all 12 presidents and athletic directors all voted um, for the postponement. Now, the Pac-12 is not the Big Ten. I completely get that, but it is strange to me how one conference can just be so, you know, Basically unorganized, and then there's the Pac-12. Again, that's on Kevin Warren. Yeah. But if you are a parent right now, I understand the hurt and the pain, and the players are hurt too. But it's very interesting when we talk to Herm Edwards coming up. It's night and day, day. Like there's no stress over there. Like Herm is just very like, yeah, it's it sucks the situation we're in, but what he's happy about is the fact that all the Pac-12, you know, all college players they get to keep their eligibility. And so for those who do get to play this year it's it's basically a free year. So even if they play football in the spring, you're not losing a year of eligibility. Mm-hmm. If they, you know, for the SEC and everyone playing this fall, they're not using a year of a eligibility. Right. So you might say okay, that's a disadvantage, you know, but I, I, all I'm saying is is I just I understand their anger, but I think it's just pointless at this point. I don't know what you're trying to accomplish.
1: For me, I'm all about them. They have the right to go and protest yes. and everything like that, but I think that it's a It's a short-sighted viewpoint with people protesting and demanding answers. And much like you said, there's nothing the Big Ten is going to say outside of saying, oh, you know what? You guys are right. Let's play football. There's nothing they're going to say to say to make them happy, to make them say, all right, I see your viewpoint. I see where you're coming from. We've talked about this before where the only way that the Big Ten, Mac, Pac-12 could be right is if someone passes away and nobody wants to see that yep so if they make it through a season it's a told you so let's say they even go go a half way through the season and then they stop the season uh because outbreaks just increase so much people are still going to say see we could still play it at least five games there's nothing you can do there's absolutely nothing they can say so they can protest until the blue in the face this isn't like any other protests that have been going on in this country uh for the last couple months. This is something totally different. This isn't this isn't necessarily life or death. Well it actually is life or death. The Big Ten is believes that they're protecting people from losing their lives. And protecting themselves from getting their institutions of higher learning shut down because best believe if somebody dies on that football field, those schools, that commissioner,
2: that president of the university, they're all getting sued for billions of dollars. Well, I mean, I guess parents right now, uh, you know, a lot of reports coming out today that parents are about to, you know, begin suing the Big Ten. And again, more power to you. Knock it out. Uh, and I think the Big Ten was probably expecting this to yeah. some uh, some degree. But, uh, uh, you know. I, I don't know I, I it's just one of those things where I, I don't get what they're i g- I get what they're doing. I just don't get what they're trying to accomplish because earlier in the week, I had more respect for it because I'm like, oh man, all right, man they're fighting and this might be able to turn that tide a little bit that might be able to put enough pressure on Kevin Warren's maybe sit down and reevaluate everything but when Kevin, the second Kevin Warren came out, and that would have been what when did we have uh Letterman Rowe on Austin Ward. I think it was Tuesday. I think it was Tuesday. So either Tuesday or Wednesday when we had Austin Ward on. uh, The second and four five seven nine four six four. By the way, if you want to jump in on the conversation, phones are going off now, so we'll make sure we get to your calls in a second. But uh, from you know the second that Kevin Warren came out and announced that hey, you know what, we are not going to revisit this, we are not going to reevaluate our stance on this. I think the second that announcement was made, I think it was time to just say okay, you could still complain, you could still raise hell, you could still send you know letters, you could still try to seek answers. I just don't know what these uh, protests outside the Big Ten headquarters is going to accomplish at this point. But uh, again, 457 Give the parents credit for being out there and continuing to fight for it. Let's go to the phones where we got Nick. Nick, thanks for holding. How are you, man? How you
4: doing, sir? Good. So I think the thing that sticks out to me is that the, the I don't know if you call it the miscommunication or what is because you hear, you hear the commissioner say, hey, if we all stood by this, this is what we decided. But there was no vote. And you hear the other universities saying, well, we didn't vote. But then, you know, in this letter, we've made this decision. Is there a vote or was there not a vote? How can you say, and, you know, all these other, like in the state of Ohio right now, you're going to have high school football. The University of Cincinnati's playing football. The Bengals, the Browns. And, you know, Ohio State's not. Yeah,
1: but Kent, playing, right? Kent I mean, State you know, isn't playing. Akron isn't playing. Bowling Green isn't playing. Ohio but University isn't real playing. Teams, so, though, Kevin, real teams,
4: though, Kev. Real teams. The reason those schools aren't playing. It's because their payday was canceled when all these conferences were going conference only, and they they just can't fund the budget. They also are not playing because... What
1: budget challenges. do high school sports have?
4: But then you're talking about busing, not flying and trying to get, cover your other athletic sports, right?
1: Yeah, they were going to play a conference only, and you can bus to a, all those schools in the MAAC. But
4: you're a, you also pay to play in high school, right? You I don't, don't pay know. to play in college. Okay. So you're, you're getting, by having athletics, your your athletes are paying to fund your sport. The college, you don't. Your funding comes from the revenues. Ohio University gets their funding from that $2 million game that they did get to go to the horseshoe and get the crap kicked out of them. Yeah, that two and a half million dollars is their athletic budget
2: for most of all older sports. But, but Nick, the other thing too, like when you and I saw that floating around on Facebook, man, think about it: uh, the Bengals, the Browns, and all high schools are playing, and and the Buckeyes aren't. I mean, that's a cute little angle to position it, but like this isn't a Ohio State like. Like like everyone, It almost sounds like they're saying, oh, Governor DeWine, I can't believe you're not letting Ohio State play. DeWine has nothing to do with this. I'm not saying that, and I know you're not saying that, but this was out of the control of anything else. I mean, the NFL teams are independent of what is going on as far as this is concerned. High school, I mean, their decision maker made that. The decision maker for the Big Ten made their decision, and that's why with all the answers that they're trying to go for, the only answer that people really want is their answer, and that's, okay, fine, you can play. And that answer's not coming no matter how many letters, no matter how long you stay outside the head quarters, no matter how many lawsuits you threaten. Uh, that's why I'm just like, I, I, I understand what they're doing, I just don't see the point at this point.
4: Well, I think that it's an, it's just, That's just an example, Justin, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Look at Pennsylvania. Pittsburgh's playing. Pittsburgh, University of Pittsburgh's playing college football. The other states that have college programs are playing as well, and you're telling as a parent, you're telling me that, it's like me saying, Kevin can go play ball, Justin, but you can't, right?
1: Yeah, I want to see that. <laughs> <laughs>
4: so what I'm saying is, they want answers to say, okay, what is, it, what, is, what is it that made you guys say we're not playing? Because that, that's the only thing the Big Ten hasn't said. Ellen says, through our research, we're not playing. Now, controversy, the, the past 12, all the universities and the presidents have come out and all said, we all agree we're not playing. You haven't had that from the Big Ten. So I think that's part of the parent's kind of frustration to say, hey, wait a minute, I've sent my kid to your university for you to protect him, I get that. But you're telling me that Alabama's playing, and all these other places, and even colleges within the same state are going to go play. I want answers. I want you to tell me who you talk to. Is it a waiver? Is it because you don't you want players to sign a waiver? That's fine. But give them that answers. Don't just say I've spoken and that's it
2: but but Nate I, Nate sorry Nick I know what yeah. you're saying but even if they did that and maybe for you that would be you would be satisfied with that but I I'm just like I, there's so many of these similar situations where you're demanding this demanding that but if you get it they'll they'll still find something else to jump on to uh, no, to I criticize and, and by I the way I know what we keep saying about oh well Pittsburgh's playing and Penn State's not playing technically until there's actually kickoff until there is actually a, a the time click right. like I still think and this is just me I still think we're wasting a lot of time complaining about how come they complain we can't because I think ultimately when it's all said and done I will be very shocked if any of the other power five conferences actually get their season kicked the off at all
4: is, 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 your parents are also complaining about that your, these campuses these campuses now have all these students on them too mm-hmm. so it's okay for the students to come live in a dorm which is a box right 600 square feet maybe but my kid can't play football. It's just there's so many things that just don't logically add up. But to me, the Big Ten should have been smart and, and, and held the carrot out there and not canceled it. Because like I agree with you, probably towards as we get into September, before that first kickoff, we're probably not going to have any college football. But what you've done is you've created, you know, reputational harm, I believe, to the Big Ten, which we, which already, you know, you and I talked about multiple times that the Big Ten can't avoid to have. Or afford to have, right? Mm-hmm. So I think
2: that just makes it even that much worse. But no, I get it. And look, this is going to be interesting moving forward. And like okay, Kevin Warren has basically just said, hey, this is my decision. <laughs> I'm sticking to it. Uh, but Nick, thanks so much, man. You have a great weekend. Great Thank hearing you from you. Much. All seven nine four six four. We are live on Facebook, uh, by the way, and uh, we can take all your reactions on Facebook when you tune in and watch and comment beneath. Uh, we're able to pull your comment in. Uh, David Shaw says, uh, I agree, Justin, earlier in the week this meant a lot more. Now that the Big Ten said there is no way that they are playing this fall, there's nothing that this is going to do. And, again, David, referring to our, our conversation a little bit ago about I I respect what they're doing. I get what they're still fighting for, but I don't know what they're trying to accomplish. I don't really know what their end game is here because Kevin Warren's not going to open the door and say, "All right, guys, you got your season. You can go home now." That ain't happening. More of the Justin Kenner Show with Kev Nash when we come back. Don't go anywhere. The Kiddo Nash back with you here on a Friday. Hope all of you have big fun plans lined up for the weekend. Still plenty more to get into. Herm Edwards, head coach at Arizona State. He's going to join us. Supposed to be at 4. We're going to move that back to 4.30. From our conversation from earlier today, a lot to still get into. How about the NBA draft lottery last night? We now know the official draft order, and we now have a clearer picture for where Obi Toppin could end up. Obi Toppin, of course, Dayton Flyers. We'll get into that coming up later on in Hour 2. Justin Kenner, Kev Nash, back with you here live on Facebook, so make sure you head to the Facebook page, search The Justin Kenner Show, like, follow the page, uh, and, of course, you can watch the show Every day from 3 to 6 p.m., comment in the comment section to be eligible to win some cool prizes, including a $25 Skyline Chili gift card, and we will get uh, that winner coming up later on in hour three. The only way to be eligible to win the Skyline Chili gift card is by commenting in the comment section and interacting with the show. That's right, we are paying you or just trying to bribe you to be our friends for three hours a day. I was joke because they were like a frat you know yeah. Yeah. <laughs> basically we got to buy our friends as far as that goes um, more reaction again big ten parents uh, led behind, you know led behind sean wade's dad uh you know demanding answers trying to they want sean wade or they want i'm sorry kevin warren to do a conference call or a zoom call with every with all the with all the players but by the way i don't know how many people you can have on zoom how many people you, all the players and all the coaches and the parents association—is that a thing now? Is this like the PTA? Is it? I mean, what, what, what's going on here? Um, I get it—they want answers, and they should want answers. Is that too much to ask? I—I I think. I mean, I don't know why all the—I mean, technically, they got their response. This is what I'm saying is, is like, you wanted a response, then you got the response. You didn't like the response, so now you want another response. And then he'll do a Zoom call. You won't like his answers. Zoom call ends. And then the next day, nope, not good enough. We're going back out, everybody. Like, it's just a never-ending cycle. So I, I guess it's not unrealistic to, ex- to want it. But I, I, to I don't expect think it is, it is because
1: different. the Pac-12 did it. And that's why, like, people are upset because they're seeing transparency from the other conference that canceled. We're not hearing all this uproar, not only from there. Their, you hear disappointment, but mm-hmm. you're not hearing this uproar from parents and players because they had that open line of communication. Do I think if he did that, it would be like, cool, man, thanks. No, obviously not. But I do think that some parents will be like, all right, fine. We fought the, quote, unquote, fought the good fight finally answer some questions that we had questions to, it is what it is. Let's go ahead and get ready for next season. Will some people still be pushing the envelope? Absolutely. But I don't think it's too much to ask for him to go out there and have a little conversation with people. But do you think, I mean,
2: do you really think it's going to be a... No. Hey, (laughs) Mr. Warren, nice to meet you. Sean Wade's dad here, big fan. Well, you know what? You know what?
1: As as I think about it and, and as soon as you said that, I thought about that. They're not gonna want. They're gonna want to ask questions, and not just a question. They're gonna want follow up questions to whatever he says. So he ain't gonna do it. Now that I think about it, like he's not gonna do it because he's not gonna allow follow up questions. He'll make a statement, and that'll be the statement, and that's it. And furthermore, every time he's been on TV and they asked him questions, he refused to answer the questions or danced around the answer and gave a vague answer. The most answers you're gonna get. Is reading that statement. So as I think about it, he ain't gonna do it. He's not gonna
2: do it. No. Nope. But and, and uh, another response on Facebook, Shaw says all the parents have to do is read Warren's statement from earlier in the week. And I I I agree, but at the same time acknowledge the I acknowledge the fact that the parents have read it and they're still not happy. But this right. is why from the very beginning I have been saying. Parents, you don't really want answers. You want your answer. You want your way. You don't like. You, you don't want an explanation. I, that's why I don't believe that they really want a detailed outline of why they pulled the plug on the season. They all. They, the only thing that the parents want is, all right, you can go ahead and play. <laughs> I want that. Don't get me wrong, but I'm just saying, like, I, I think that the parents are ba- they're just fighting something that it's their the end result is just not realistic uh, as far as that's concerned. Shaw also says the Pac-12 has a better commissioner. Lack of leadership from the hypocrite gets this response. Shaw, I know what you're trying to do with the hypocrite thing. I'm not, I'm not going there. I, I, yeah, not going there. I know what he's trying to do. I know what he's trying to do. Kevin Warren's a hypocrite because his son's playing football in the SEC. SEC. It just SEC. means more. The SEC. Yeah, I saw an article from 11 Warriors last night, or I think it was Letterman Rowe, that just said something about the parents, or something about the parents want the same thing that Kevin Warren's son has, and that's the choice to play. And I'm like, well, go play in the SEC then, because that, that's, you don't have, I, I mean, what do you, the answer is right in front of you. That, uh, yeah. Brady says, a great example of parents acting like children. Ho, ho, ho. You see what you did, Brandy? You got a ho, ho, ho. It's Christmas. We'll be back in a moment, hour two. Oh, ho, oh, oh. Show live here on ESPN Dayton, the 9464. We now send you to the Wing
1: Studios in Kettering. Here's your host, Justin Kinner.
2: Hello. Hello. These things are hot. I'll tell you what, I mean, Tom Brenneman has made me terrified of mics, Period. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I, <laughs> you know, people could just say, well, you could just not say anything stupid. Yeah. That's true. That's true. I saw it today, by the way, on Twitter. Uh, let me go. I got to figure. I got to find out. I forgot who tweeted it out. Uh, it was. Hold on. I'm going to get there in a second. John Fay um, put out a, que- uh, a tweet last night from uh, Anthony Scafani about okay. Tom Brenneman. And, of course, Anthony Discafani says, uh, I think it's better that he is gone, to be honest. And, again, these players are being asked these questions about what happened with Tom Bruneman and stuff. And I think what interests me is, like, athletes are always looked at under a microscope anyways. And I don't think, and this isn't, you know, I don't think it's that far-fetched or a hot take or anything. I don't think you have to look that far or... Just athletes just got to be careful that whole term locker room talk okay there, that That's a real thing like the, the things that are said in the locker room It's like there's just different rules in the locker room as far as what you can say And what's humorous in the locker room is not always accepted or humorous outside of a locker room okay And mm-hmm. I'm not going to go into the the way it was used politically years ago It's not what I'm trying Stick to, to do but, but you know what I mean like it, that term is true So I just think that athletes need to be quiet and be careful in how they answer questions about Tom Brenneman, because I have a hard time believing that the only thing that athletes talk about is scripture and Bible study, and yeah, let's just stop. I'm not okay with that, like at all, as far as players coming out, and then the media too, just, I mean, I'm I'm seeing all these articles on The Athletic, and I'm just so heartbroken by Tom Brenneman. You could be, I, I get all that, you could be disappointed. But just, you got to stop. Everyone is acting like everyone is just, they've never said anything. And I'm not defending. He should be suspended. I'm not surprised that Fox let go of him. I'll be very, very surprised if we ever see him or hear him call a Reds game again. So, no, this isn't me defending Tom Brenneman, as I got accused of here on Twitter. And, of course, everyone tries to make up their own rules and says, well, actually, you are defending him. No, I'm not. That's why I'm telling you I'm not. So you don't get to make up the rules here. I do. So, uh, as I said, put a hot mic in any clubhouse or dugout for an entire game, Kev. Mm-hmm. we'll just see how holier than now these athletes actually are like i promise you if you have a mic falling around everywhere you're going to say something that's offensive to somebody out there and i'm not again not justifying what tom did but this sometimes you just got to say yeah it's disappointing what he said and move on but this whole like you you got to you know it's like you have a pulpit in front of you and you got to make sure that you over preach to the world that oh no. <laughs> i am just buttoned up i am the nicest individual in the world i've never said anything mean before stop it just stop just stop You know,
1: when I uh, re-listened to his apology, because... One, I was listening to it because... Another home run. (laughs) Because it was hysterical. (laughs) You know, I did... I see what people were saying, like... But I saw it in a different light. He was trying to save that job, boy. He was... Because he apologized. You were correct. He did apologize to the community that he offended. um, But he's... I don't know if I'm going to be on this microphone again I don't know if I'm ever going to make a call again I want to apologize to my bosses and everything and that's something you should do Um, but it just was so awkward man it was so awkward because at the same time I was amazed that he was still able to call a baseball game and make an apology at the same time and not only that he was on camera in baseball well in sports when you make sports calls the actual announcer they're not on camera Mm -hmm. The, the camera's on the action but In this case, he was the action, and he's right into the camera apologizing, calling what's going on on the field. Like, it was was amazing how talented he is. And the other part, it was so silent for, like, the first 10 seconds until he uttered that
2: word. Yeah, because to me, that means he had his headset on, and the producer... Like it was a a comment it to me what that says is it's not like he just randomly just it's quiet, it's quiet, yell out something, You're whatever, right. crazy. to me, it was in a response to something that was said to him in his headset. Like, if I had to guess. I don't know. If I had to guess, that stuff's just coming out, as far as, like, you know, he has his headset on, because literally, right after he said it, it was Red's Live, brought to you by whatever roofing place it was, and by the way, now I can't... Every time I hear that roofing place's name brought up, like last night in the game, every time they brought up Ray Sinclair Roofing, I'm just laughing, because all I can hear is that stupid thing that he said again, and I'm like, you know, unfortunately for that business, that thing is going to be queued up to that business, right? Red's live presented by, I'm like, oh, you got to be kidding me. But my, again, no, he's screwed up. You you mm-hmm. can't, uh, there's no defending it. There, there's none. I'm not even trying to defend it. I, all I'm tired of is just every time I get on social media, it's just, oh, I was up all night trying to come up with words to say about my thoughts on top. Shut up. Stop, just stop. It, it was wrong for what he said. That's it. We don't need to have a, a, a an entire sermon about why it was wrong. We know it was right. It was wrong. Period. Like, But it's like people are trying to like, over-emphasize that I'm so disappointed in him. In fact, I need you guys to understand how disappointed I am in him so that you understand that I am so far the opposite way of saying things like that. Like, that's all this is. And and again, Tom Brenneman is another prime example of why Uh, And again, this is a weird overlap here, but like with the parents, what they're trying to demand out of the Big Ten, like this is a prime example of why people are never happy with anything. When people say, well, he hasn't said anything, he needs to apologize. Then what do we do? We critique the apology. Well, Mm -hmm. Kevin Warren, he needs to come out and talk about why he pulled the plug on the Big Ten. He already did. You didn't like it. Now you want another explanation. We are never happy. People that were, you got to understand something too about Tom Brenneman when it comes to the network that he worked with. He is, they, I mean, he's worked there a long time, Mm -hmm. and he knew that, yes. He knew who he offended, but you know what? You know who he felt bad for? Because to him, his family is the guys he works with and the guys he works for. He was am- he was so embarrassed. He knew that he embarrassed them. He right. knew that he made them look bad. I have no problem with him. I mean, people act like man. I-, I was listening to some shows today. Just they were calling him Thom. By the way, Thom Brenneman. like not Tom, but Thom Brenneman. Uh And they said, "You go, oh man." <laughs> I mean, it was Bomani Jones and others who were like, "Oh, and you could just tell." I mean, you could just tell. I mean, this is inside him. This is who he is. He, you know, and you could tell he didn't care about offending the. People people he was talking about he cared about his bosses right away yeah he does care about his bosses and you think just because there's is there a certain protocol for an apology order that hey when you say something stupid when you say something about uh, that offends you know gay people if you say something that offends this race or that race here is the script for how you need to apologize and who you need to apologize to first because if you do it out of order that's it that means that you don't care stop this is what i mean by being over like when they apologize we still it's not good enough cuz if you Kev I feel like if he wouldn't have apologized and we hadn't heard anything from him we'd be like oh look he doesn't even care he has nothing to say he has nothing to say he don't even care he's not even sorry but then when he apologizes we critique the way his eyes are moving we critique how he's holding his hands we critique the the, the you know the pace of the apology this is why I just I don't like apologies I don't like it it's just don't say anything how about that but when you do you're, you're not so well, basically, because there's really no way out of it. and Not that he should get out of it, but you see what I'm saying as far as that's concerned. Fair enough. You didn't like that response. That's why you are just like, next topic. <laughs> no, like there was nothing he was going to say to make anyone happy. Yeah,
1: I mean, I, just, I get what people were saying about the awkward thing, man. Like, in a perfect world, and we don't even know. Like, we, we, we I've never done a radio broadcast like that where you're calling a game and everything like that, you know. Who, who replaced him in the booth? Jim Day. So we don't know where Jim Day was. Jim Day could have been in the bathroom. He could have been doing a million and other things because he wasn't supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. So they have to stretch it until he gets there, until they gets the replacement there. So that's probably why he continued to call the game. Because I know some people were like, pull him off of there right away after it said it. Like, well, they still have sponsorships that need to get read. They still got a game to call. Like it, it like they just got somebody on standby waiting for somebody to mess up and then boom you messed up. Boom plug the right guy next guy in. Like we don't know where he was the replacement guy. So I, I get what you're saying and but I also understand that, you know, an apology today that's why I always say when people apologize and say they're gonna do better, it's up to us as the people to hold them accountable for what they say they were going to do in their apology, if they don't, then we can trounce on them. But we also just don't need to give people the benefit of the doubt. Like, well, they apologize and they apologize and that's it. They apologize. Keep it pushing. No, uh, they said they were going to do X, Y, and Z to educate
2: themselves and do better. It's up to us as the people to hold them accountable for that. Yeah, but, but I mean, look, he made a stupid comment. It was a stupid joke. he doesn't hate gay people like that's the thing that irritates me with this it's like oh he said that he hates gays no that's that he he was insensitive If if he's guilty of anything it's he's insensitive and by the way that word that he used man i i don't even hear people use that word anymore so i'm not making excuses for him but like we act like we just are folks Think about the conversations you have with your friends. You don't get appalled by the things your friends say when you're out, wherever. But, man, when you hear someone else do it, and that's the thing. We talked about this yesterday. Tom Brenneman is one of those that people already always had something negative to say about him as a broadcaster anyway. The only thing he did now was give them something legit to hate him for. Before, it was we didn't like how he said this word. We don't like how he said that word. Well, now he used a word that he really should not have used, and now you have something real to not like about him as far as that's concerned. Who knows? But he's off the NFL broadcast for Fox moving forward. The Reds have yet to announce... (coughs) Excuse me, the Reds have yet to announce whether or not, uh, you know, what his future is. He's suspended as of now uh, when it comes uh, to that situation with the Cincinnati Reds, so who knows. But coming up around the corner. Uh, We'll get back into uh, a little college football talk. Herm Edwards is going to join us at the top, uh, I'm sorry, here in about 15 minutes, 430. Uh, We'll talk with the Arizona State head football coach, Herm Edwards, again, formerly with ESPN. Uh, Interested to hear from him as far as uh, the conversation we had about the Pac-12 and the differences in how the Pac-12 parents uh, and the athletic directors and, of course, the presidents were able to handle the situation compared to uh, the Big Ten and just the chaos that is going on there. Um, we'll get to some end By the way, because there's no NFL preseason games, um, the Bengals had like a scrimmage today, like an exhibition game. And of course, Joe Burrows, Tom Brady, he's the greatest. He's the best. I mean, seriously, I don't even know why we're having a season. I don't know if they can go get that Lombardi trophy and just get it over to Cincinnati as quick as possible. You know what I mean? Like, Cincinnati's just that good. By the way, A.J. Green into practice today. He was on the sideline, street closed. I don't know if he thought. I think when he got to the field today, he goes, "Oh, we're here. Oh, I thought we were at Welcome Stadium. I was sitting out today. My bad. Let me let me go get my. Oh, I left my pads at home. W- where's AJ Green?
1: You want it both ways, dog.
2: I want to. I want, what, want what it do, both what, ways. What, what, what do I want both you ways? You want to wreck. You want to wreck Joey B so bad. Oh, trust me. There's no room for me to wreck Joey B because, well, that's what the Bengals are for. <laughs> You but hurray, I guess he Joe killed Joe Burrow it. so bad. He killed The last time people were this excited was when, you know, Brett Favre threw the, threw the football in the Wrangler commercials. Oh, man, look at the way he throws that ball. He's so fantastic, so good. Joe Burrow for one. No one's touching him. I guess he, don't, I guess he did uh, get chased out of bounds, and he flipped over the water cooler like an idiot. Like, who d- I mean, seriously, slide. Here it is. Slide. It what is, is wrong with you? Like, ser- then he would have got hurt. And, like, uh, I mean, come on. He has to be smarter than that. Who? Who? I mean, oh, I've got a shot. I'm going to run. it. I'm going to every play is like, like fourth and one in the fourth quarter. I just got to make. Sh- he literally ran out of bounds and got flipped over one of the water tables right over there. And, and, home, and, then, man. and to me, that's stupid. And of course, every Bengals fans on Twitter. Oh man, he just, he's just so aggressive. Oh, I love it. He's going to be fantastic. Oh my god, we've been waiting for a guy like we've been waiting for a quarterback that jumps over water tables. I mean, oh my goodness so glad we went 2-14. If it wasn't for going 2-14, we would not be able to watch our quarterback nearly have a season-ending injury because he wouldn't slide and instead ran into a water table. Good job, Joey B. Did you learn that in the first or second year you were sitting out at Ohio State? (laughs) Why
1: you don't like Joey B no more, man? Because about two months ago, you loved him.
2: You loved him. I I don't dislike him. I just thought this stuff. he can be a rookie. Uh, Ron says, you're afraid that he will do better than Hayfield. I'm a hater. Tell him, Ron. By the way, since we're going to overreact to to Twitter videos, did you see the great drop back from Baker Mayfield today? Woo! Down the field, 40-yard-plus pass connected to OBJ. And by the way, this little thing that you always do. No, there was none of that. OBJ pulled it down and gets double double coverage, too. Oh! No, he can catch
1: the difficult pass. He just has trouble catching the easy passes.
2: No, 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 not this year. He's good. Okay. Baker Mayfield's in shape. Not round like last year. He's in actual real shape. He's ready to go. Shaw says Joey B will wreck himself. Now I'm not going to give him that credit for wrecking him. So that's going to be the Bengals' job. Uh, he's the best against the Bengals' defense. Well, to be fair, it is the Bengals' defense as far as that's concerned.
1: Kinner show with Kev Nash. Back to the famous W I N G studios. Here's Justin Kinner
2: and Kev Nash. Everybody, welcome back. Justin Kenner, Kevin Nash with you here on 1410 ESPN Radio. See, I stepped out for just a few minutes, and the Bengals' arguments just continuing here on the page. This is good stuff. Uh, let's see. Billy Wright says, Justin, you were ten times more obnoxious when Baker was a rookie. I disagree. I just called it how I saw it. And I was, I, I mean, I was out of it. The Browns needed to start up from the very beginning. And then what's he do? He comes in after looking just, I mean, they looked abysmal the entire time that Tyrod Taylor was in there. Baker comes in and leads him to a win against the Jets. How about that? Then they go. I mean, Baker on oh, the fantastic rookie, fantastic rookie. I mean, well, they're no Steelers. I mean, come on. Uh, I, I mean, seriously. So at this point, I'm like, okay, well then he goes and only breaks Peyton Manning's rookie season touchdown record. I mean, no big deal there, right? What, what, what are you squinting your eyes for? You're squinting. That's a fact, Jack. I'm telling you, that's a fact. Um, and Billy said that. Oh, that's when David on Facebook says, "Let's see what he does uh, again." Yeah, real against real NFL defenses. And then, of course, talking about, of course, the fact that he's never out on the field. And Billy Wright says, "And when AJ has a better season than OBJ, you will finally shut up." I probably won't, Billy. <laughs> you know that by now. Probably won't. Ron says that uh, Case Keenum will be the starter for the Browns by Week Four. Maybe. Look, I brought that up a while back, that I thought it was kind of interesting that the Browns went after Case. K- Not, after, I didn't think it was interesting that they went after Case Keenum. I thought it was smart that they went after Case Keenum. What I thought was weird was the length of the contract that they gave him, because they went after Baker Mayfield or they went after Case Keenum and gave him a three-year, eighteen million dollar, you know, deal. And I'm like, well. What? I mean, who, and for one, if you're Case Kingdom, backups don't sign three year deals. You sign one year deals or one year with an option. Um, to me, I thought it was very strange. And I feel like there was some behind the scenes conversation again with Stefanski, again, who had. A lot of success with Keenum when he was the offensive coordinator for the Vikings. So my thing is, is like, I feel like there was some behind-the-scenes conversation. that, like, look, Baker's our guy, but if he does not work out this year, we are not married to Baker long-term. This is a make-or-break year if you are Baker Mayfield. And, dude, I can't believe it. I'm looking down. I'm like, it's the 21st of August right now. We talked about this yesterday. The season's closer than you think. Like, three, three weeks from yesterday will be the first NFL game of the season thursday night football it'll be of course the chiefs well the defending super bowl champions welcoming in the houston texans so we are pretty close unfortunately i always made fun of preseason football i, I would kill for preseason football ugh. right now right now no 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 ugh. Ugh. and ugh. a normal year ugh. today though no 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 no. Ugh. we haven't seen any football i'll take preseason football got football this friday night Yes, we do. Thank you very much. We'll get into high school stuff coming up here uh, in just a moment. And uh, Billy says, and what about Baker last season? What about Baker last season? I've never once tried to make that turd smell pretty. <laughs> it was not a good year. But that was Freddie Kitchens. Now watch what happens when you have a real head coach. Second-year quarterback. How many, I mean, third let's year. see. So if you go back, he's going to be a third-year this year. Yeah. But that was his second year in the league. That's when they made their leap, Now right? keep in mind... Baker Mayfield has Lamar like a different Jackson. head coach every single year since his Lamar junior year in college. Lamar
1: Jackson was the MVP in his second and
2: year. Lamar Jackson had an adult leading the team, so there's that. I know that's weird saying Harbaugh's an adult leading a team, but no, it's true. The brother's actually pretty good. I'm just saying, and I'm just saying you can't just negate facts. You can't just totally just like not even use common sense when talking about that. I mean, Harbaugh and the Ravens—that's a good organization. The Browns are not a good organization, so yes. Baker's behind the eight ball as far as that's concerned. Mahomes. What about NBA Mahomes? MVP in his second year. Again, good organization, great head coach, and in, 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 in Andy Reid. And, by the way, it helps when you take over a playoff team and you're not taking over an 0-16 team like Baker did in his rookie year.
1: Say second year, man. Second year, yep. On good Roethlisberger, teams. Super Bowl. Mm-hmm.
2: Second good, year again, good organization. You got you got to listen. You got to listen. I mean, it's I've ne- I've yet to see a bad organization just draft somebody and all of a sudden, boom, two years later, they're top of the NFL. It doesn't work that way. It does not work that. Way. There's a reason that Sam Donald, Donald Brady second S- year Sam, Super Bowl, good organization, good organization. i was just point point out things. I, you're pointing out things, but you're you're not. You know what? Point. Nope, not doing that. Not doing that today. I'm gonna stay under. it. I'm going to stay calm, cool, calm, oh, and collected. It's early. Hey, by the way, what time is it? What time is it? It's
1: 427. It's, it's
2: not dame time? Well, oh, it definitely, uh, definitely wasn't dame time last night. They got smoked. No, oh, but Michael Jordan, Dame Willard. <laughs> See? Like, where, what happened? <laughs> that is you. MJ that don't take you. nights off, so <laughs> how's Dame Willard taking nights off? Who said he was MJ? Yeah. Oh, you and everyone else. I mean, no one said bas- that. basketball was on the verge of being canceled until Dame Willard came and saved the day. Him and his eight-seeded Portland Trailblazers, Which, by the way, Carmelo. <laughs> oh yeah. We're where all those GMs that need an apology to you. <laughs> they, so the, yeah, only, no. the only apology that the NFL, that the NBA GMs are going to do is like, I'm sorry. Who are you against? So anybody on Portland you I had, used to play the on the anybody Wilson's on Portland have
1: a good t- game last night. No. No, they all played like terrible. They're not that good. They got smoked. They got smoked. They're not that good. And don't don't act like I didn't say Lakers in six. I I
2: The Lakers are going to win in five. I take that bet. I was adamant they would win in four. So it's <laughs> not like I'm off to a good start
1: here. <laughs> yeah, they got smoked. A.D. was unbelievable last night. And the worst part about it, I mean, you knew A.D. was going to answer the bell. But what really did Portland in outside of... Uh, they couldn't make any shots was kcp had like 16 points when he's scoring Mm -hmm. it's a problem (laughs) like kcp dropped 16 i you know i turned it off about halfway through the third quarter because i always tell myself like when the team i'm rooting for is losing at halftime if they're down 10 going into the third quarter i'll stay up if not i'll go to bed it kept getting worse and worse and when it finally got to the ultimate worst part, I uh, left the living room. Wife was still doing some work. I was like, oh, going to bed. I was like, they need to put everybody on the bench and let all the young guys run out the rest of the third quarter and fourth quarter before somebody get hurt. And as soon as I get to the bedroom, your boy just broke his finger. <laughs> I was like, "Who?
2: damn. I was like, great. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. And I even tweeted at you. What? T- what time is it? Game get time. No, it's game time.
1: You're about to get blocked on
2: Twitter. <laughs> get, you get blocked. <laughs> I'll get blocked. You get blocked. All right. Well, speaking says, of Twitter, that what's series? up with your other Twitter account? My, oh, the... <laughs> I have no clue. That guy's left me alone. I blocked him on Facebook. And I, and I usually don't block people. But you know what? I, I had no choice. I had no choice. <laughs> you forced me to do it. <laughs> By the way, so while we were away, I'm going back to this Facebook thing. I mean, I I try to get off the Baker thing, but they're just bringing me back. I mean, my goodness. Uh, So I was trying to say, I mean, you kept bringing up these teams about the second-year quarterbacks, which, by the way, I'm adamant, too, that, yes, the expectations for quarterbacks coming into the league are, you don't get, like, an entire, and again, we're going back to the NFL real quick and NBA stuff in a moment. I want to talk to Obi Toppin here shortly as well. But the NFL was second-year quarterbacks. Now, Again this is why we've talked about the importance of the draft. Speaking of OB, I've talked about that as well as hey, you know, where you end up matters. Mm-hmm. You know, and maybe you know the earlier you go in the draft, sometimes that's not always a good thing because you're usually going to a pretty bad organization. Yep. And the NBA is different than the NFL. The NBA, the same teams are picking every single year it seems. Like the, the I mean the fact that the Warriors are in there is pretty interesting. But there's a reason. I mean, when we talk about the fact that the Pelicans were able to get Anthony Davis in less than a decade later than they get Zion Williamson, the same teams are usually regularly regularly there, you know, right there at the top of the NBA draft ladder. The NFL, that's not always the case. That fluctuates quite often. But in the NFL, when you are being taken you're going to usually a very bad situation. And less injuries, of course, lead to that. I mean, the, the Cowboys drafted Zeke Elliott. I think they took him fourth overall uh, years ago. That was a situation where your quarterback was out. And, of course, you were ravaged by injuries. They were a playoff team expected coming into the year. You had the best offensive line in football. You went out and got Dak Prescott and Zeke Elliott, and all of a sudden everything just clicked that year. So it worked out. But there is not a lot of good organizations that are picking at the top of the NFL draft. There is not a lot of teams who are picking um, their quarterback, you know, drafting one, two, or three, and are expected to be Super Bowl contenders two years later. If you talk about the quarterbacks that have gone on to have huge success in the NFL, that have had breakout years in year two. They're guys that have been drafted later in the draft. I mean, it's not like Patrick Mahomes dropped into the twenties, but he wasn't taken one, two, or three. Right. Okay. So he again, when you continue dropping in the NFL draft, you fall into usually a better situation. When you're sitting at that eight, nine, ten range in the NFL, you're usually not that far off from being a playoff team. Like, let's be clear here: what, the Steelers are picking like eighth or something like that. I think they traded, they, they traded, traded that away that, because they got Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick.
1: But yeah, they would be right in the middle of the pack. I mean, the league is designed for you to go eight and eight. Like they want everybody to be. So close together, like that's why it's so hard to pick a point spread in the NFL games. Like there's so few games that are blowouts. Like if an NFL game is a blowout, it's an anomaly. Most games are played within a touchdown of each other, no
2: matter what the team is. So like when we talk about those second year expectations, to sit there last year, and again, by the way, the Browns they put enough pieces around Baker where he deserved to have those second season expectations. Um, the Bengals have done enough to really put Burrow in a position to have first rookie season expectations when you have all those offensive weapons. I, I, I think that the the old days of, oh, you as a rookie quarterback, you have four years to develop. No. you. I'm not saying you have one year. But you have about two to three. I mean, this is the make or break year for Baker Mayfield. It's year three, so that's why I don't like when teams they get their quarterback. like, oh, they don't need to be aggressive in free agency. They got plenty of time. No, you got three years, and really, that's not that. It sounds like a long time, but it's not because technically the season starts here in three weeks, and what you're going into the season with is what you're going to. To battle with for the year. And I don't see them making any big splash come uh, trade deadline as far as that's concerned. But you look at the quarterbacks that have had success in year two or, you know, right away. I mean, Russell Wilson, again, it's not like the Seahawks were a great team, but they had a solid defense and they had enough weapons that when he came in, he didn't have to be the guy. And he wasn't the guy. He would, I mean, it was like Dak Prescott. Again, taken later in the draft. Dallas Cowboys, of course. But he wasn't the offense that year. That was Zeke Elliott and that offensive line and everyone, the run game and everything else. You look at Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson was able to break out in year two. Why? Because there wasn't that many holes to fill when you were the Ravens. Joe Flacco was just literally on a tug-of-war team. He's on your side, but he's like literally helping like push the <laughs> rope the other way. Um, you look at Patrick Mahomes. Okay, yeah, year two, breakout year. I mean, he's an MVP his first full year as a starter. But Patrick Mahomes was drafted by an NFL playoff team already. So that's why to sit there and ha- and have those expectations right away for these rookie quarterbacks, it just depends where they end up. There's a reason that Sam Darnold has yet to look like a franchise quarterback yet. Baker has not looked like a franchise quarterback yet. Joe Burrow's not going to look like a franchise quarterback for year one or two. So it's just going to be one of those things now it's the quarterbacks that are taken later like jordan love for instance mm-hmm. like let's say that aaron rodgers gets hurt early in the year and jordan love takes over for them jordan love's going to be one of those quarterbacks that we could look at and if aaron rodgers goes out early and he leads the packers to the playoffs we're going to be sitting there saying oh man another you know rookie quarterback coming in dominating Pay attention to where they go in the draft, because the later in the draft you go, the better situation you're going to find yourself in. And Joe Burrow did not find himself in a good situation. Baker was not in a good situation. So when you bring up guys like Lamar Jackson, it's not the similar comparison. way. Other than the year two thing, this it's not level playing field, especially when you're an Ohio pro sports team like the Browns <laughs> and like the Bengals. They are their biggest opponent on the schedule every year. We're going to talk about, oh, who are they playing in week five? They're, playing, they're facing themselves. The, the Browns' biggest opponent every year is themselves. Are they going to beat themselves, or is the other team going to beat them? And it's usually always them. Like, last year, the Browns were undefeated against themselves. Like, it was ridiculous. Even when they won, they lost. They beat the Steelers, they lost. That was, like, one of the most worst-feeling wins in the world. Like, I couldn't believe that we weren't even able to enjoy the Browns beating the Steelers. Nice swing, Miles Garrett, by the way. <laughs> so there's that. So I'm not going to let you rain on the Baker Mayfield parade. Dan Marino. Uh, wait, did you see that practice today? Dan Marino, what he had? He goes to a Super bowl was rookie year? Second year. Second year, so look what he had around. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay. Uh, who else? Let me think about it. Let's. Kaepernick,
2: second year, went to a Super Bowl. Yep, that defense. I'm not a Kaepernick. Again, Kaepernick football player, because. <laughs> That's a. I'm not going there. I've already been called something on Twitter today. I'm going down that one. <laughs> uh, I was never a Kaepernick quarterback guy, to be honest. Like you know, as far as the talent is is concerned. Now, who, who do you he replaced? Alex Smith, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Alex Smith just set him up, don't he? We'll, uh. He get you
1: there, and then we'll get you over the top with somebody else. I don't know, but hey, uh, but that, that,
2: that great Harbaugh, I'm telling you, that organization, the Ravens, that one that you're like, oh, Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson goes to a good organization.
1: Uh, who else set up to succeed? Most uh, was a nice second year that balled out. I know somebody else did. Yeah, Marina went to the Super Bowl as a as a rookie. That's what oh, was a rookie year? Yeah,
2: really? Mm-hmm. That was See? his
1: second year. First year greatness wow that's uh, that's even crazier
2: ron again we're live on facebook by the way so when we're reading these facebook comments they're coming into the comment section we're pulling them into the show so be a part of the show head to facebook search the justin Kinner show ron says um kurt warner oh stocking shelves comes in mvp he don't count because he was already like 30 <laughs> what's wrong with being 30 I'm, I'm just 30. saying he was like 30 Thirties is great a, year, 30's
1: a great year man. 30 a great year
2: Well, there's a difference between being
1: 30 years old in your second year and 24 years old being in your second year.
2: Drew Brees. I don't know about year two, Lamar, but uh, team two. (laughs) Team two is pretty good. (laughs) That's for sure. That's for sure. Oh, man. Shaw says, come on, Justin. There are excuses for everything. Okay, but yes, there are excuses, and then there's common sense. And what I'm bringing to the table here is common sense. like. Bad organizations are bad organizations, and there's a reason that when teams like the Bengals and teams like the Browns and teams like the Jets and everyone else drafts high or drafts at the top, there's a reason they don't continue to make it. It's not because those quarterbacks are bad. Like Joe Burrow's not bad, but we're going to find out just how bad the organization of the Bengals is. Because la- I mean, the last two years working with Schlemmer, Until further notice, they are the Cleveland Browns. Well, I'm going to say the same thing about the Cincinnati Bengals uh, for the time being. And, by the way, if they go on to win and they do great things with Burrow... Good for them. I'm happy for them. I'm jealous of the Cincinnati Bengals, if that is the case. Because I thought that the Browns were in good position to change that narrative. Um, Big Ben says, uh, or I'm sorry, uh, Billy Wright says Big Ben. Yes, he had success early. Indeed. Yeah, again, Chargers did go to the playoffs. Lamar, yes. But, of course, with the injuries and everything, Drew Brees was thought to, I mean, his career was thought to be done. As far as that's good. Not done, but at least on the back shelf. Uh, David Shaw says, so Carson Palmer sucked. No, I mean, he just ran out of room for rings on his fingers. Oh wait, he didn't even get one. What are we talking about, so Carson? I never said Carson Palmer sucked, but it's my point. Carson Palmer was good, but again, he wanted out of Cincinnati. Why? Because hey, he goes to the front office. Hey, we're so close. Let's make this move. No, Mike Brown's cheap. They don't want to do it. So Sean Carson Palmer did not suck. People think he sucks now because all he does is talk smack about the Bengals, which that's what go Browns. We'll be back in a moment.
0: Not so long ago, lots of things made people happy. I used to love going to the gym. I miss saying good morning to my coworkers. Today, there are still things that can make people happy.
2: Oh, how pretty.
0: A beautiful bouquet of flowers will definitely make someone happy.
3: First Florist and Greenhouses can help you make someone happy. Go to firsttheforest.com, choose a bouquet, and they'll deliver it safely. Make someone happy with First Florist and Greenhouses.
1: Show with Kev Nash back to the famous WING studios. Here's Justin Kinner and Kev Nash
2: Coming up here now at five o'clock. We went from four to four to thirty now at five o'clock. Monday. I promise you, Herm Edward, yeah. I'm not- next year the first monday of next year herm edwards arizona state head football coach we'll talk with him coming up uh, him and keith byers about the state of college football right now again no pac 12 football this fall no big 10 football this fall we're going to talk about that with herm edwards keep in mind herm edwards and keith byers both uh, cross paths in the nfl in fact uh, Herm Edwards was deep into his NFL career when Keith Byers was drafted uh, by the Eagles and was a rookie with the Eagles. In fact, they uh, were roommates at the very beginning. So he kind of that was his uh, veteran that he had to follow around and basically kind of learn the ropes from and everything. So uh, interesting conversation coming up with both of them. Keith Byers, Herm Edwards coming up here in just over 10 10- minutes um so I made the mistake of bringing up Baker Mayfield you bring up Baker Mayfield and boom now earlier t- I don't know if you even saw it but I guess like the big reaction today of the Bengals scrimmage today Joe Burrow looked good Um uh, and that is good and he got a lot of time with the first teamers him and T Higgins connected you know and those guys so I'm excited about what the Bengals are going to be able to look like offensively I'm still worried about the defense that offensive line I love the people on there oh the offensive line looks good the offensive line, are you kidding me? The defensive line has been instructed to, hey, you know how bad you guys look in regular season games? Yeah, I need you guys to bring it back a notch from that even. So, of course, Joe Burrow wasn't going to be pressured in the scrimmage against his own team today. But I guess he was chased out to the sideline, and instead of sliding or whatever, he ended up diving for the first down and then like ended up flipping over some kind of table that had the water cooler and everything on it. I'm like, you got to be, that, that, that's dumb. That, that, that's dumb. Baker Mayfield would never do something like that. (laughs) So, somehow, we got into talking about, you know, quarterbacks who have had instant success right away. uh, And the pattern that we're starting to notice is the the rookie quarterbacks who have come in and had instant success, all of them do it for great organizations. Um, Rookies don't come in and have great success for bad organizations. Uh, And by the way, sometimes you could speed up that, you know, progression a little bit if teams, Kev, are. You know, already are a playoff team or have weapons. Like, let's be honest, the Browns are a bad organization. Even two years ago, I mean, they went 0 and 16. They were able to, you know, they go out and get Jarvis Landry. They were able to add a couple key pieces on the def- offensive defensive side. They get their quarterback in Baker Mayfield, obviously, and they were much improved. But again. All the chaos that was going on. You had Hugh Jackson at the beginning, uh, and then, you know, everything going on with the offensive coordinator from the Steelers. Of course, thanks for that, by the way. See, that was even a plan from the Steelers to to ruin the Browns' season to get in their way. Uh, but the bottom line, the Browns just always always chaos. So, you, you know, Baker Mayfield, in his first year and a half, two years, has had three head coaches. Mm-hmm. Three head coaches. Now he's on coach number four. That's pretty impressive. So that's I, called a bad organization. The Browns yeah. are a bad organization, so I'm not from making from the top n- to the bottom. So when Shaw on Facebook says uh, everyone has excuses, I already lost the comment here on Facebook. But uh, you're right, everyone does have excuses, but sometimes that is the reality of the situation. I mean, hell, there's excuses with the New England Patriots. Well, oh, Tom Brady only had success because he's a system quarterback. Okay, well, that's an excuse too. But the bottom line is if you're accused of being a system guy, and it still leads to wins in Super Bowls. You know what? Let Baker. I hope Baker Mayfield's a system quarterback mm-hmm. guy. I, they just need someone with a brain that's able to implement some kind of system that they can follow. Freddie Kitchens, banjo boy? No, he wasn't it. He wasn't it, as far as that's concerned. Uh, so Carson Palmer, Shaw says, so Carson Palmer sucked. No, I never said he sucked. He was actually pretty good. But, again, Carson Palmer, as good as he was for the Bengals, wasn't able to get over the Bengals' hump. That's why he wanted out. Shaw says, My point is Palmer had the crappy Bengals organization on the brink of a long playoff run. Again, Kilmo happened, so there's that. Yeah. You brought that up too. Yeah. Now we know that. But again, there was issues that were stemming even to that previous off season heading into that season that they were going to go on. Bad organizations lose with good teams. Bottom line. And that's what the Bengals are. They're a bad organization. The Browns, bad organization. And basically, I have no clue which of these two franchises is going to make the playoff next. The Browns should, but my goodness, it wouldn't surprise me at all if all of a sudden in year two, if the Browns screw up this year next year, all of a sudden the Bengals hit the ground running, it would not surprise me at all. they got to address that defense, though. But Mike Brown just spent $150 million. I don't think that dude's going to do that in back-to-back seasons. I don't think he's going to open up that checkbook back-to-back off-seasons. So I think what you have with this team is what you have in whatever you add in next year's draft as well. I don't see another big spending spree coming from Mike Brown and company.
1: So you're on record saying the Browns are going to go twelve and four. Yes. What if they go nine and seven and miss the playoffs?
2: And They miss the playoffs. What do you mean? What should they do? I mean that they're just not going to pay Baker at that point. I mean that's why they already worked out the ex, the long term extension with Miles Garrett. He was like the highest paid uh, pass rusher in the league for what, like maybe a few months. Of course, before the Chiefs stepped in into that situation. I mean, look, the Browns. It's a play, when we say playoff or bust. In my head, they're playoff or bust. But. I don't know what the bust means. Okay, bust as in that's it, we're cleaning house. not cleaning house. They have way too much talent. I do not think that, uh, I mean, if you have Kareem Hunt, you can get Kareem Hunt for cheaper than Chubb. I don't think they're going to pay Chubb, and they're not going to give Baker his extension as far as that. They'll just keep optioning him out. If the Cowboys are doing that with Dak Prescott, there's nothing keeping from the Browns doing that with Baker Mayfield. The difference is, is Dak's been winning with the Dallas Cowboys, which has warranted the conversation of, or the Cowboys, you know, are they wrong for doing this? No one's going to say the Browns are wrong if they continue to option um, Baker Mayfield as far as that's concerned, and you won't even hear a peep from me. If Baker can't have success this year and get this team to the playoffs, you won't hear a peep from me about, oh, the Browns need to pay him. No. I won't at all. And Case Keenum, by the way, I don't think Case Keenum is the answer, so people keep bringing up Case Keenum. No, Case Keenum, no. Who, the Ron? The Ron, yeah. (laughs) Shouts out to Ron, man. The Ron. So there's that. But September 10th is the first NFL game. Uh, this is three weeks from yesterday, and it's going to be, of course, the su- defending Super Bowl champions, the Chiefs and the Texans, and uh, we're all looking forward to that as far as that's concerned. But I hate, I can't believe, and by the way, four five seven nine four six four. Kevin said no, no, no to the preseason games. I miss the preseason games right eh, now. Eh. I j- I only miss it because we don't have it, and it's been a horrible year. And I'm just grass. I just need football right now. So yes, I miss the preseason. We are live on Facebook. Go to Facebook and comment. There. Do you miss preseason football? The fact that we are having to talk about Twitter reports of a scrimmage because teams can't have preseason games. I I don't like. I don't trust Bengals Twitter anyways. Reporters, all media now is like fans like. The media for the Dayton Flyers, they're all fans. The media for Ohio State, they're all fans. The media for the Browns and Bengals, no one criticizes teams anymore, tries to, you know, critique the team. It's, oh, my goodness, did you see what they did? Uh, You know, they have – I mean, they – have dunk counters and they, they don't even talk. I mean, it's always just they're cheerleaders. The media is just cheerleaders for the teams now. So I don't care about, of course, if you just base it on reports on Twitter about the teams, of course all the teams look like they're well on their way to winning a Super Bowl. I miss the preseason games. I want to watch the preseason games, Kevin, and I can't believe you're sitting there saying, no, you're fine with, you would rather have no football than preseason football right now.
1: Yes, I hate preseason. Preseason is a waste of time.
2: Well, that's funny. Steve Stetler Preseason waste of time on Facebook. <laughs> waste of money. You guys are adorable. Not a waste
1: of their time. Just a waste of my time. I, I have no use for it. I have no use for uh, preseason football. I have no use for the what the, the Pro
2: Bowl. I have no use for none of that. Well, zero but, use. For but it. there's more use to the pre. There's there's more value in the preseason than the Pro Bowl. The Pro Bowl, I agree with you, is a waste of time. I have no use uh,
1: for the NFL Combine. We have people that work. The underwear in our Olympics. Yeah, we have people that work in our building who sit at their computer watching the, the NFL combine.
2: <laughs> yeah, that, that ain't me. <laughs> like I'm good. I got um, a lot better things to do. I for one, every year. So when it comes to preseason. I look forward to the first preseason game. I love that first preseason game because you've been for so long without football, and all you've been able to go by is the highlights of whoever the Browns drafted. Because God knows right. that's all we ever taught. You know, I would love to know what it's like being a fan of an actual good team that they're not relying on rookie film to be, or you know, senior year at college film to get you excited about what they could bring to the pros. Um, but now I, I always look forward to that first preseason game. I look forward to that first drive with the starters, and then I still stick around to watch you know the second guy, you know the second string guys and stuff. But after that, week two, week three, then it gets a little overkill, and then I'm over it. And then that week four one, I'm like, I'm not even watching it. All I'm focused on is what's coming up ahead, as far as that's concerned. Um, Paul, think how, think how women love the fact that there's no preseason. Paul, that's you're uh, never mind, not going there. Um, but no. I like the preseason. Pauly, Pauly, Pauly. I like the preseason. You're not a fan of it. Steve on Facebook says it's a waste of time. Uh as far as that's concerned. Ron says no Browns, still the Browns. So there you go. Um but uh, yeah, I'm I'm one that I'm all for the preseason this year. I hate that there's no preseason this year. I hate that we have to read scrimmage tw- you know Twitter updates just to get a feel. Uh, for what's going on with our teams. I'd rather... I mean, I would love to be watching Joe Burrow in the NFL preseason game. I can't believe you You would settle for that. No preseason? No. no football's better than no preseason, huh? Yeah. Wow. Hard knocks. I wow. watch hard knocks. Mike on Facebook says, I bet preseason football games would have higher TV ratings than NBA playoffs right now. Normally, I'd argue with you, Mike, but I, I thought I read the other day, aren't like NBA playoff ratings like... Through the roof! I No, I read the other day that they were in the tank. They should be through the roof. Mm. Show live here on ESPN Dayton. to Kittle, Kevin Nash, back with you here on 1410 ESPN Radio listen, stream, watch. There's multiple ways you can take in the Justin Kinder Show with Kev Nash daily here on ESPN Dayton. Of course, you can listen on 1410 Wing AM. You could stream at wingam.com. And of course, you could watch us live on Facebook. Search the Justin Kinder Show on Facebook and hang out with us weekday afternoons from 3 to 6 p.m. So, uh, no, of course, the article I was talking about, about the NBA ratings being down, Kev, uh, it was a headline, of course, not getting political, but uh, the president had said, the president and made a comment about the nba ratings are horrible of course he always says that if he doesn't like something it's oh well i mean look at the ratings are horrible blah, blah. well no he was wrong hmm. uh you know that the nba uh ratings are actually up they're up 16 percent up six percent from last year year to year which i don't get how you do year to year ratings comparisons when there's never been nba playoff basketball played in august so right. i don't really know what that means point is is i expected the ratings to be higher i just think that you know, you, the NBA ratings were sky high when it first came back initially. And then it fizzled out because fans realized, okay, these eight-game regular seasons, it's, I mean, look, the reason that the Lakers kind of started out slow, too, is because they had, the, I mean, I think three games in, they wrapped up the yeah. the Western Conference, and then, you know, LeBron missing some games and sitting out games, at resting, but they weren't there to take it serious. Right. And now that's why when they, they got punched in the mouth, I think that that loss to the, the the Trailblazers was good because kind of punched them in the mouth a little bit and said, okay, all right, I think we were on cruise control to start. We were just happy to be back in the bubble, but now we really need to hit the ground running. Um, and I think that that loss to the to the Trailblazers was actually a good thing because LeBron and company has just been locked in. LeBron didn't have a great game last night, but let's be clear, he didn't have to. Um no, AD doing that. No, and everyone <laughs> else. And You talked about Caldwell Pope and those guys, so we'll see. I love the NBA playoffs right now, though, because it's every other night. So, Woo! like, no Lakers tonight, watch the Lakers tomorrow. What teams, I mean, I'm... I'm a big NBA fan, but right now I'm only watching the Lakers. Mm. I think that's a problem for the NBA, too, because yes. I'm a big NBA fan. I'm only watching the and again, not Justin Kidder. but for me, I'm only watching the Lakers, and there's stars all over the league. But this is was the problem back when MJ was it. There were stars all over the league too, but there was no must watch stars right back then. MJ was that must watch star, uh, and then you know Kobe and Shaq became that must watch tandem with the Lakers, uh, and then of course then it started to change. I mean, even Allen Iverson and Tracy McGrady and those guys, Vince Carter, they were never. Like must watch guys, they they added a little bit of you know the fuel problem. to it, but LeBron, I'm sorry, after MJ, LeBron was that next big draw. It was Magic, you know, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, uh, Michael Jordan into LeBron James. Maybe it's Zion Williams, but I don't know who that next draw is. So many good players in the NBA, but none of them are draws. Giannis Antetokounmpo is not a draw, right? That's why they have him. That's why they have the Bucks tipping off at one o'clock almost every single day. <laughs> and you would think that they would have them in prime or at least the second to last game. So that's all. As far as yeah, I'm the
1: concerned. NBA does have a problem where you know in years past when lebron was with the calves then the Heat, and then back with the calves you know those games were seven o'clock and eight o'clock so they're great leading games to whoever the lakers or the mavericks are playing because you'll stay up at least till halftime and then shoot if kobe bryant's on a rampage you're gonna stay up all the way until midnight or if dirt novitski's out here dropping eight nine threes you're gonna stay up and watch so now that the that, uh, Lead, there's really no lead-in guy from the Eastern Conference for those seven o'clock, eight o'clock games. Uh, maybe that guy can be Giannis. Maybe that guy can be uh, who? Uh, maybe the Celtics can be that lead-in for for the Western Conference games. But like from on the East Coast, man, like we talked about this the other day, man, like it's a struggle to stay up until midnight. Like for those nine or ten o'clock games, like we have to work in the morning. We I mean, like we're not. Quote unquote spring chickens anymore. So we force ourselves to stay up to watch these games on the West Coast, especially if it's the Lakers, because LeBron is such a hot item and he's such a great basketball player. There's no, not, there's I mean, that. he's no Dame Willard. <laughs> Dame time. Uh, and I mean, I watch, I always watch, who was it? Dallas and the Clippers. I've made it all the way to the fourth quarter last game and I fell asleep. Luca!
2: Getting busy. I mean, he's only 21 years old. When I heard that, too, I was like, man, he's only 21. <laughs> and that's the best part of the problem. Like, he's been
1: playing professional. Well, it's not a problem. But he's been playing professional basketball since he was, like, 16. Like that's, like, that's why the G League and the NBA, like, they're trying to work some stuff out. Like, yo, they're playing as professionals so much earlier than our kids are. So we have to do something. And that's why the G League is finally... Starting to explode and finally starting to get guys that potentially will go to college. Instead of going to college, you're going straight to the G League.
2: Mike on Facebook. Again, live on Facebook, so make sure you head there down. Or, uh, I'm sorry. So, uh, follow the Justin Kenner Show and comment in the comment section. Uh, Mike says Miami Heat to the finals. I don't know about that. This ain't LeBron's heat. Ain't even Alonzo Morning's heat. Mm. You don't like the heat? No. <laughs> I, I, I like that. The kid from Kentucky, the hero kid. Hero, uh, they got Bam. I like the kid from Oakland out of the Horizon League, Kendrick Nunn. Nunn, beast. Yep. Beast. And we just, I mean, the NBA always fascinates me when you get in situations like that because, like, okay, the NBA, you know the stars in in the Power 5 college, you know, the Power 5 schools, you know, the Zions, those guys, you follow them. But then there's guys like Kendrick Nunn who, okay, he was really, really good in the Horizon League. We never looked at him and said, oh, man, he's going to go from the Horizon League to just dominating the NBA, and that kid can score with the best of them. And I'm like, but, like, you would think, common sense would tell you, if you just plucked that guy out of the NBA and dropped him in the Horizon League, you'd think that he would just literally just... Be above and beyond just what a good player is in that conference. He was really good in the Horizon League, like, but I never looked at him as to the likes of what we've seen from <laughs> some of the time. I mean, even going back to like when Norris Cole, like Norris Cole, just played and looked different. Like mm-hmm. you could just tell, like man, his team screwed up by not getting him. None was good, but I mean, it was like I didn't look at him and say, oh man, like that's an NBA talent right there. And then you see what he's doing in the NBA right now; it's unreal. I read this
1: article about college basketball being overcoached. They don't allow that the natural talent of their players to take over. Like they want to call timeouts every time there's a last second shot they want to call every single play they want to do all these things to control the player because an individual player may be able to handle it but the other four guys on the court can't so it's kind of like you put the handcuffs on one guy because the other guys can't and I think that is true I think college coaches have like that complex about making sure everything is done the right way you know sometimes you got to make sure you do your right job and coach them up in practice and let them and roll the ball out there and hope they
2: execute. I disagree. I mean, look, there's a lot of teams like Oakland is a team. By the way, Oakland lets their players do that. And that's why they don't play good team basketball. That's why they never win, you know, tournaments. The teams that win those conference tournaments are the best teams, like the teams that play good team basketball. You don't see a lot of teams led by one single star leading the way in those smaller conferences or whatever. Like, I agree with what you're saying. But like, There's guys that you could have let play like that. In the horizon, League. you think you get guys like that all the time. But again, they crunch them in and you know play that system basketball. Right. There's a lot of times you'll hear them say, oh, man, if you just let them play a little bit, let them play. But that's not the horizon. League. That's pretty, pretty much everywhere. Right. That's everywhere, like you're saying with college. And, of course, it loosens up a little at some of the Power 5 schools. Like Zion, you're going to let Zion be Zion. But there's even guys like at Kentucky, it's hard for the casual fan to get a good feel for with the talent at Kentucky because, I mean, everyone's kind of drowning out one another. But yeah. then they get to the NBA and you're like, oh, damn, like you yeah. know, because they're getting I mean, more of that Booker, isolation. Yeah, Devin Booker never example.
1: never started a game in Kentucky,
2: and I think he's doing okay. <laughs> yeah, that's who the Warriors should trade that pick for, or no, the Timberwolves. I'm sorry, if I'm the Timberwolves, I trade that. Go get Devin Booker. Not bad. Booker,
1: not bad. I wouldn't trade it if I'm the Suns. I'd be like, I'm good.
2: The Suns ain't going anywhere with them anyways. He's gonna max you out. I mean, DeAndre Ayton, he got paid more in college than what he's getting paid now. <laughs> Anyways. You don't, you're not buying their 8 no run in the bubble? I mean, no. The bubble thing, by the way, the bubble MVP, if I hear that one more time, that's the dumbest thing. You weren't, I mean, for one, the the bubble MVP. Again, not Devin Booker, obviously. That was your, man, dame time. Okay. You were the only one playing for something.
4: I mean, no, that's the teams, not true. That's,
2: if the, LeBron would have been more locked in at the later something. I know, but I'm just saying, like, There were so many teams that weren't playing for really anything other than just to get the legs uh, loose. But no,
1: the way they made the schedules, they played accordingly. Like, they played... Uh, teams that were vitally for position in the playoffs and they played who the Memphis who was in the eighth spot they played uh, who else did they play they played the Clippers they played the Nets all these teams were violent for position and if a dude drops 61 points and then comes back and drops 50 points the next game and then 40 the next game I mean it's pretty evident that he's going to get the MVP I mean
2: there's pretty cut and dry I just think I thought it was dumb The, the bubble MVP no How about Giannis, the real MVP? LeBron's technically the real MVP, but he ain't getting the MVP. It's gonna go to Giannis. On to Dikompo because I don't even remember. I don't even remember what happened in the
1: real regular season. To be perfectly honest.
2: All right, uh, four five seven nine four six four. We're talking NFL preseason a little bit ago. Uh, I missed the NFL preseason. I I I I wish we were watching preseason right now because I will take that over no football. I mean, I don't like the preseason. I think they should shorten it. I, I really think the preseason should be preseason game off-weekend, preseason game, off-weekend, week one. That would be the most ideal thing right there. But I'm not a fan of no preseason football. I'd still like to watch some I mean, you're, if, you watch, if you're watch if you a big fan of college football, you're still watching a lot of guys you're familiar with from college. Um, but speaking of college, Herm Edwards, head coach for Arizona State. He uh, was our guest a little bit ago on 1410 Wing Live. Keith Byers uh, jumped in on the conversation with us because, of course, they were roommates, uh, they were teammates, I'm sorry, with the Philadelphia Eagles. And uh, Byers looked up to Herm Edwards Uh, When he was with the Eagles and Herm Edwards, now the head coach of Arizona State. So we talked about his time, you know, obviously playing with Keith Byers on the Eagles as well as the comparison of the Pac-12's reaction to the plug being pulled on the 2020 fall season for the Pac-12 compared to that of the Big Ten. All parents are fine in the Pac-12. All parents in the Big Ten, well, they've stormed the headquarters, I guess. So anyways, here's our conversation with Herm Edwards. He answers a lot of the questions about the, po- the cancellation or at least the postponement to the fall season. Maybe. We have two guests today at the same time. We're going to, of course, bring on a face you're familiar with, college football Hall of Famer, now we could say that, college football Hall of Famer, Keith Byers, and a former NFL teammate of his, as well as head coach at Arizona State. Right now we got Coach Herm Edwards with us. Guys, welcome in. How are you today? I am doing well. Good. Good to be here as well, also. Now, Coach Edwards, I'm sure you're getting a lot of the same questions about the Pac-12 and the Big Ten and the post-moment. We'll get into all that boring stuff in a moment, but uh, you two played together at the Eagles, and uh, I'm always hearing different, you know, stories and memories of you two. So, so Keith, I'm gonna let you kind of open up here as we hit the ground running.
3: <laughs> well, I, I was wet behind the nose, you know, uh, right down the ear, rookie when I came here. And you know being there with Herman Edwards, I was like, that's the miracle in the mirror, metal ass guy. Man, I know who Herman is, but I wanted to learn. You know, I probably told you in the past, though, Herman, but we only played a short time together in Philadelphia before you went on to Kansas City. But I learned so much from you being, like I said, wet right behind the ear rookie. And I said, I need to learn from vets. And whether we, even though we played different positions. I just – whether you was in the, in, in you know, training table the you know, sitting around in practice getting something to eat, or sitting around in the dorms, I was always trying to be that third year listening to you and Ronell Young and a whole lot of other veterans. I'm like, you guys – you've been in the league, I think, at that time, like 10 or 12 years. Yeah. And I'm like, I want to be you guys one of these days. And so I, I just was trying to be like – hopefully a lot of these rookies are today and even incoming freshmen because you're in uh, college now. Learn from people who've been there before and have done it. And do you still try to, you know, portray those messages and all the other stuff of your life that you've been in, hey, uh, Keith? I do, and and
0: it's a good a good seg- uh, segue into into the fact that um, everything I've all I've learned my whole life, along with all of us on this screen, we've actually learned from somebody else. Um, uh, no coach in the history of coaching any sport has ever given a player talent. No one gave Keith talent. God gave him his talent. Now. What you're able to understand is when you're when you're well aware of that, and you have to be a seeker of knowledge. You yes. have to be an information gatherer. And, and Keith was that he was that guy. And, and you know, being in the league that long, when I played, you could tell there were some rookies they couldn't figure that out. They just couldn't figure it out, and they they struggle. And, and 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 once they figure that out, they can find their way. It's not about their talent. They're talented enough. It's just. How you go about, what we always say, be a pro. Well, what is a pro? You know, besides putting a helmet on and running to the stadium. There's all these other things you have to do to be a pro. This is professional football. This is not a hobby. This is your life's work. And what are you willing to do to be the best professional you can be? That's critical. And I think some guys don't realize that. You know, they worry about their brand. They worry about this and that. I always tell them, you know what, all that stuff sells when you're a good football player invest invest your time in football because the thing we do know about football the one thing we do know about football it is not a career (laughs) an opportunity it can end on one play keith has seen it i've seen it i've seen guys come in training camp get a knee career over so it's not a career it's an opportunity and what you do with that opportunity that little window you have
3: is very important yeah, and I, I totally agree with you because uh, when I heard you was coming back to college, I'm like, the Arizona State don't know what they're getting. They're getting more than a football coach. You know, they're getting a life coach and going to give you lessons that's going to last a lifetime. And, you know, I learned – I used to copy, you know, knowledge. Honor, I, I, you The thing is, when, when you was in Philadelphia, everybody, you know, coming out in practice, looking a certain way, you had that long – Beach towel, exactly. You like, I'm to with a smile. And I'm like, you're right. And I said, to wear that same towel. I don't want to little six-inch towel. Give me a, you know, a whole body towel. You know, because I'm work. I need to be wiping all my sweat. You know, because that's what a pro does. So uh-huh. if it works for you, I'll make it work for me. <laughs> and I have other guys follow me throughout the years, and they don't even know I got that from you. I'm like, no, I don't do a this time. That's a game day. But uh, day, you, need yeah, you put in the work, and I learned that from
0: you. I <laughs> do, and and you make a great point in the fact that uh, at the end, you know, it all it's about this is whatever we do in life. When we first experience our first opportunity, whether it's you know, in television, radio, um, being an NFL football player, you need to find a mentor. Yeah. To kind of show you the roles. Because as, as much as you're confident and all that, really you have this anxiety in you because you really don't know. But, but a person being a mentor is important. And I always say this, look, it's not so much what you give or what you take from football. What will you give back <laughs> to the players and the coaches that follow you? That's part of the deal. That's part of being a pro. That's part of being a college athlete, student athlete. What are you, how are you making it better for the guys that follow you? Because there's going to be guys that follow you. That's you want to make the game better.
3: Right, because everybody's career comes with an expiration date. You just don't That's know right. when it's, gonna <laughs> always, it's going to be always, but it's going to an expiration date.
2: That's, that is true. All right, we got Arizona State head football coach Herm Edwards uh, with us here on the Justin Kinner Show. Justin Kinner, Keith Byers, Herm Edwards with you here this afternoon. And Coach Edwards, this is one of the most interesting times right now in in all of sports. Uh, And you have a very unique position right now as a head football coach in college. Um, Two Power Five conferences, of course, have postponed the upcoming football season, the Big Ten and Pac-12. With you being a head coach within the Pac-12, just your thoughts on... When this process started of kind of wondering where the conference was going to go with this to when you officially heard the final decision of they're going to postpone until the spring, just your general reaction to everything along the way.
0: Well, no, I was was not naive walking into this. Um, We knew that the doctors, the medical professionals were going to lead us. No head coach was going to lead us through this. No president, no AD. It was always left up to the doctors. And I think if you understood that walking in, this they were going. This is the first time, like coach. You know, you, you want to be in charge, right? you not in charge of this one now. They were going to make the game plan out. And you were going to follow it. I mean, follow it to the T. Because if you didn't, you're going to find yourself in a bad way. So, with all that being said, I think as more information came out, and some of the teams were in different situations. You know, some of the teams in California were a little bit different. Than Arizona, Washington, and I think uh, they drew the conclusion that safety uh, for players, coaches for all involved. Was not, a, was not in a place where they felt they could, they could get seasoned. And so we've postponed at this point, And uh, we're looking to try to play in the spring,
3: obviously, like like other
0: teams are as well.
3: Now, when you say play in the spring, when, 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 I know it's not that nothing's definite, but when does that start? Is that February, January, well, or April? Keith, you make a good, good point. I, I would think
0: this that they would try to do that because, you know, all of a sudden you have the draft coming up. The draft's not going to change. You have the combine coming up. Um, I think if you try to do that, uh, you're talking uh, January, uh, you know, maybe February, and you could get, you you could, now, I don't think you can play a whole season. I don't think that at all. I I think if you're in the Pac-12, one of the things that, that, that I brought up was maybe you just play in your conference. You play, you play the five games in the north, and the other teams play the five games in the south, and then they have a conference championship, which is six games. Now you're talking six games along with Next season playing 12 games, well, that's 18 games. Well, LSU played 17 games last year in one season. Well, wow. so I think if you get over that amount of games, you're going to put the players in a position where, you know what, injury could occur. and you don't want to do that to any football
3: player.
0: said. That being said too, think about it this way, you know this, because you, you went to the combine. Um, now, if players they would be eligible to go to the combine, they wouldn't have to work out because they just had a season. They would have to go get physicals and do the interviews. And so everything would kind of stay intact that way. Now, that's just me talking. I don't get to make the decision. I don't even want to try
3: to make the decision. Yeah. <laughs> but that's something that, that, that came to mind uh, when I thought about it. Yeah, I'll was something in my mind. What are we playing for? There's no bowl game at the end of those six, eight, or nine games, or however many they deem to play. And we still got to get ready for the upcoming next season. Yes. Yeah. Like, why are we playing? Well, I think I think this for you. You, you would crown
0: a, for us a Pac-12 champion. Also, this, Keith, if seniors did not want to come back, let's just say they weren't going to be a higher round pick. They were, you know, maybe going to be a fourth round pick or third round pick. Playing six games allows you to get more tape. That helps them. It also allows them to decide this: if they play those six games and they don't like it. They can actually come back. So, been because of how many games you play. So, that's a good option for them. Now, some guys, like you say, Keith, they'll say, you know what, I'm not going to play. We know that anyway. You go to some bowl games, guys, and they're seniors. We've had two bowl game experiences already, and
1: four players didn't go. <coughs> I mean, follow ESPN 1410 Wing AM on Facebook.
2: All right, that interview with Herm Edwards, if you want to go back and watch that interview and catch that again, that is on the ESPN Dayton YouTube channel. Go to YouTube and subscribe to the ESPN Dayton YouTube channel. Of course, you can also find it uh, on the Justin Kinner Show Facebook page, which we are live on, by the way. You can watch the Justin Kinner Show with Kev Nash weekdays from 3 to 6 every day right here on Facebook Live. Of course, listen, stream, watch. Many ways that you could take the show in. Uh, And Herm Edwards, how about that? That was cool. And... So you got to hear that. So now, like, you could just tell the comfort level within that conference is night and day different than the Big Ten. Um, and and that's obviously Kevin. The, the you know that that's the fault of the commissioner and and obviously the relationship that the, the Big Ten teams have with their commissioner. Uh, but no, you heard Herm Edwards. I mean, it was twelve for twelve. All twelve presidents, athletic directors, coaches, everyone was on the same page. It was a universe like there is no drama. Right. That's why I asked Herm Edwards about the parents. I'm like, well, we have parents of Big Ten teams who are demanding answers to where they are literally um, protesting outside the Big Ten headquarters in Illinois. And he just kind of looked like, yeah, I no, I. I I mean, again, it was a video interview, so his facial expression as we're talking here, about man. this, he goes, "Yeah, that that ain't here." <laughs> like he hasn't heard from any of his parents, like in a neg- in a ba- in a negative light. Like they've been uh, very, you know, upfront, transparent about everything. So it isn't like I can see. I mean, there is a lot of weird shady stuff going on with the Big Ten, Kev. So I get the frustration, but it is interesting. Two Power Five conferences postponed the fall, and yet only one of them is having this mess. The Pac-12 is just smooth sailing.
1: Smooth sailing. It's it's quite alarming. Quite alarming, man. Uh goes back to leadership and transparency. And
2: I guess the only transparency they're willing to give is that letter. Yeah, and other news out of that, too, by the way. The NCAA votes to give extra year of uh, D1 eligibility to fall athletes. Now, this is similar. I, if I'm not mistaken, in the spring, I, I think the ruling was in the spring was that seniors would get that extra year of eligibility.
1: I didn't see it. I didn't read the article yet. On what? On a transfer thing.
2: No, I'm just I'm, but that's what it is. So in the spring, last spring when they canceled baseball and everything, every every senior athlete kept their eligibility. Every single senior kept their eligibility right. for one more year. Right. Not every athlete. Right. This fall one is different. This is why I don't like this rule per se. Is every fall athlete here in 2020? So basically, this is a free year for all fall athletes, and that's whether you play in the fall or the spring. Okay. So if Alabama, LSU, the SEC, ACC you know, Big 12, they all play this fall, That's a, it's a free year. Like, so if you're a sophomore, you're a sophomore next year. If you're a junior, you're a junior next year, senior, senior. And if Ohio State plays come spring or winter, whatever the hell month they decide to kick <laughs> off in, seniors are seniors again the next year, sophomores are sophomores, yada, yada. So they got that approved. That would have made more sense for the spring when you canceled everything. Right. Like the spring Abruptly. season of baseball last year, baseball, softball, everything. This would have been the okay seniors. If you want to come back for another year, we'll allow it. But uh, if you play, you know, if you opt out, fine. No, you're excused from you know. But
1: uh, I guess they're anticipating that those schools aren't going to be able to play football. I just, I don't think that. I mean,
2: this is one of those. It's going to be interesting. I, I don't know how that's going to work. So. Paul, I could see you are just trying to be a troll as much as possible today. I could just block you very quickly on Facebook. I have no problem doing that. But he says he loves the show and listens every day. So there's that. that. tell Paul hi. He loves you, Kev Nash, by the way. (laughs) Anyways, get in one of those days. I'm not going to let someone like him get me in a bad mood heading into the weekend. So, yeah. So there you go. But no, so that rule, I, I have no issue with that ruling. I have no issue with that other than the fact that I do think it's weird how they decided on that compared to what they did back in the fall or the spring uh, with those where the only seniors got that extra year. Um, but nonetheless, but you're right. They've anticipated mass exodus. Yes. Um, we, you know, Lane Kiffin, and I meant to ask that. I meant, I meant to ask Kerm Edwards that today mm. about that, about what Lane Kiffin had to say. And I'm angry at myself that I didn't do that. That that was the one question I wanted to ask Herm Edwards about, and I completely forgot, was about thoughts on okay your players right now. He talked about how they're right now just trying to keep their minds off of it. They're having a big Madden draft right now, playing you know playing Call of Duty and some others, whatever. And uh, no, it wasn't Call of Duty. What was the game? You even said that. you you laughed at the game. Was it Call yeah, of Duty? It was, yeah, it was Call of Duty M N. Okay, well good for them. But you know I wanted to ask him straight up. Hey. They're, the SEC, the others, they're chomping at the bit to take your players. You know, what are your thoughts on what they give it at to say? I, mean, I can't believe it. In that. I'm still waiting. That's the ruling from the NCAA. I really want to hear yeah. because I'm in the middle on it. Like I'm against the, I'm against them telling no. You have to stay with the team in a conference that's not playing. But I'm also against. Hey, it's a free for all. Everybody can be poached all at one time because that's why. By the way, they were planning on doing. Um, they were planning on doing that entire thing about. They were planning on doing that one-time transfer exempt rule. Remember, where you could yeah. transfer one time, and then they put a, you know, they put a halt to it. Why? Because they, they paused thought, it. Yeah, basically. So they figured everyone from the western from the west coast, because at the time, remember back in March, it was really bad over in the west coast. Yeah. Not that it's that much better now, but you talked about it. They're complete remote learning, anyways. Yeah, I see why they paused it. So I don't think that they're going to approve that if that's the case. I can see that. I can see that not right now. Like when things get back to normal
1: then they revisit it because it is a sensitive time to just be like if basically an entire team transfers then that school is
2: SOL. If if they don't have anybody on the team. Real quick, Paul, you must have got Internet down in your mom's basement because, man, you're just blowing up this feed. Just go away, Paul. No one's talking to you. Anyways, Doug Morgan on Facebook says, great interview with Herm. He's an outstanding leader. Love that guy. Absolutely. I mean, Herm's one of the best, and I'm looking forward to when we have him on again coming up in the future. So we got Kev Nash over under coming up next. So, yeah, no, coming up next. Oh, next. Coming okay. up next. I thought she was ready. So, what are our ready. themes? Uh, they're kind of scattered, it's correct? Scattered. Just, just
1: like everything on this show, we're scattered all over the place, man. There we go. All right. Kev Nash brings us over under.
2: That's coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Justin Kinner, Kev Nash, back with you here on 1410 ESPN Radio. Happy Friday. Woo! I'm, already, I'm starving. I, I, you know, I'm trying to do this eating healthier thing. I had a salad for lunch, and it was good. It was a good salad. be? I'm torn between seafood and Mexican food. Italian. Food. Oh, I like Italian food too. <laughs> Damn it, man! I, I honestly don't know seafood or Mexican food. I really don't know. I would have to. I would think Mexican. Growing up in a Hispanic family, I mean, my grandma makes. I mean, my grandma, my aunt, my family—they make the best Mexican food out there. So that would be tough. But I could eat shrimp, fish. Oh, salmon. Damn it. See, I'm hungry. We got to get. What? We got five minutes. Five minutes. Five minutes to get out of here. Kev Nash brings us over under.
1: Kev Nash brings you over under. All right, Justin. We're all over the place with this topic today for over under. All right. Ohio State has currently zero (laughs) games. Ohio State currently has 18 commits for the 2021 class. Over or under three
2: decommitments? Uh, under. Under. Because I think that, uh, I mean, I get people's concern about, so I'm going to say the under. I get people's concern about the impact of recruiting due to, the you know, Kevin Warren pulling the plug on the Big Ten season. By the way, just because we started this, you know, our listeners love food. Anytime you brought up the grilled pizza last time, it hijacks the food. Ron says Mexican food. That's our question of the day for the last five minutes. What's the one food that you cannot live without? That if you, I mean, for me, it's, I'm between Mexican food and seafood. I think I'm going to say Mexican food. If I can only choose one kind of food to eat the rest of my life, I guess it would be Mexican food. Uh, But again, nothing else. it only be Mexican food. So, anyways, uh, under, (laughs) you said it's all over the place. Under, because. I do believe that it's going to have an impact on recruiting for some programs in the Big Ten, the fringe schools, uh, schools that struggle getting the elite talent to begin with, like Indiana and some of the others. But I don't think Ohio State's going to be impacted by this. Um, I think that if any top recruit has concerns about going to Ohio State, those same concerns are going to exist for other programs. Because until the... (laughs) Sorry, someone said beer. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Doug, well played. Um, I think that... We got to wait. I'm going to wait to see if the season actually kicks off for the other conferences. Because if it does, then maybe my answer might be a little different. But for right now, I say zero. If there's a decommit, I don't think it's going to be COVID related.
1: Okay. I'm going to go with the, the under as well. Stick with uh, Ohio State with the Big Ten canceling the football season. Over, or under, six Ohio
2: State players transfer. Man, that's where. I see the decommits I'm fine with because that's so far from the future. As far as transfers, I think until we hear word from NCAA, it's going to be up in the air. But to sit there, I think it's very it's typical Ohio State fans that think that oh there's no uh, there's no place else that Buckeyes would rather be well they would like to be somewhere where they could play so I do believe that it's going to be I'm going to pick the under but I think it's going to be right around five I think you'll get about five five players that'll transfer um, whenever that time comes by the Ooh. way the season September 28th the S C C season kicks off I think the ACC's around the same time yeah. but I do know the is the 28th
1: getting close I'm going to go with the under as well uh, the St. Louis Cardinals have the current- COVID
2: Cardinals yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: The St. Louis Cardinals have played fourteen games in a sixty game regular season. Under over forty eight games played for the St. Louis Cardinals. So you like to finish the season? Yeah. A total of forty eight games.
2: I think they're gonna I mean they're, they're gonna get they may not get all fifty. So you're saying forty eight? Damn. I, I say I I say the over I'm gonna I'm gonna say I think they have to. They have to get the fifty games in then there's already teams complaining about all the double headers but hey I, don't, I have no sympathy for the Cardinals. Get your full 50 games in, because I don't want to hear about that uh, win percentage crap. I'm not I'm not for that. No, 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 no. Play your games. And, and by the way, the games that you don't play should be counted as forfeits. Ooh. Like, that's the other thing. I don't know why we haven't talked about that. To say, oh, what if they don't get 50 games in? Oh, you're getting 50 games in. Because if you missed games because of your players screwing around and going to the casino and breaking protocol, you shouldn't find a loophole into the playoffs by a win percentage. Like, I believe that the games you missed that you weren't able to make up, because of your players not following safety protocol. Those should just be forfeits. Forget this win percentage stuff. They're just losses. You don't get to play those games. That's on you. That's a loss. So, no. I, Yeah, I think unless that's the rule, they have to get those in. I anticipate them doing everything they can to get those games in.
1: I'm going to go with the under as well. We haven't had a big, you know, three, four straight days of rain, or thunderstorms, uh, a it's hurricane a hasn't hit, like, the Gulf Coast and brought torrential downpours to the Midwest and everything like that just yet. So I'm still going to go with the under for the St. Louis Cardinals. All right, here's a good one. Uh, the Browns have tons of weapons and options at wide receiver and tight end. OBJ, Jarvis, Hollywood Higgins, Hooper, and Joku. Donovan Peoples-Jones. Over or under for those players with... 700 yards receiving this upcoming season.
2: Uh, I think that it's going to be you said over, under how many? 700 yards receiving. for All of them? Four four of those players. Uh, I'm going to say under, but I do believe OBJ and Jarvis will be over that 700 range. Um, And then who were some of the other weapons you mentioned? Hollywood because, Higgins,
1: uh, Hooper, and, and Joku. Donovan
2: Peoples Jones. They got laid laid the draft. Um, man, I'm just gonna say the. Two, I'm gonna say the under. I think those two. I think everyone else. Higgins, they're gonna have over 500. I mean, they're gonna have good years. But no, I think the two Jarvis and OBJ. Oh, I'm gonna take the over as far as the seven. Uh, as far as the 700s concerned, OBJ gonna go for five thousand. No, no,
1: no, no. What I'm saying is five thousand. Five thousand goodness gracious. Over under four players getting 700 plus yards.
2: Oh, combined. No, 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 no. Damn it, Kevin! You got to work on these, or I got to do a better <laughs> job of understanding them. Jarvis plus
1: uh, uh, seven hundred yards. OBJ plus everybody on there for those yards. Oh yeah, I said there. the under. Okay. I, I only okay. think yeah,
2: so you did good. I only think Jarvis and OBJ will be that over that seven hundred. Okay.
1: Fair enough. I right, I'm gonna go with the under as well. Uh, Hooper course, sure. maybe around like six hundred yards. Hollywood Higgins maybe like four hundred yards. There's no. There way. are gonna be a run
2: centric team. Exactly. So there's no way. There's there's no way. In fact, if anything, we probably got it wrong. I think Hooper. If there is one that's going to get over that. It might be Hooper because... If Baker hasn't been able to figure out how to throw that long ball again, like he did really good job his rookie year, but last year he struggled with that. Of course, when you have receivers that drop everything that comes their way, do it, hurry up, get out of the way, stone hands, hurry up. <laughs> I wasn't going to do it. It's the uh, weekend. you I'll know. nice. Uh, but I, I think that Baker's going to rely on the short game a little bit more than trying to go for the deep threat every time. And I, I, So I think it's going to go. He's going to work with the run game in the tight end and then open it up outside to Jarvis and OBJ. So, yeah, but who knows? But it's going to be interesting
1: nonetheless. Fair enough. Last one with the Lakers beating down the Portland Trail Blazers last night, 111-88. They had tied the series at 1-1 in the first round. Over, under, one more win for the Portland Trail Blazers in this series.
2: Uh, I'm going to say the under. I thought the Lakers were going to sweep this to begin with. Like, we joke a lot, but I did think, like, when everyone was, like, I'm going to say overreacting, but reacting to the dominant tear that, that obviously, Dame Lillard was on, I just don't get overly impressed with guard play because that's all the NBA is. You could turn on any game and watch a, guard, a great guard play. Now, he's above and beyond what most guards are playing, but it's not that hard to find great guard play within the NBA. Uh, it's about what's around him. And we've seen great scorers in the league who just, you know, they always have their chances, but they never seem to get it done. He was in the Western Conference Finals. I, but now with, you know, one of their top players going down, just one less weapon, they were already under to begin with going up against the Lakers. I think the Lakers figured something out. Anthony Davis, is live down on that block and score on the inside. I think they're going to pick up where they left off the other night. I don't expect a big blowout like that again, but I think the Lakers win and close this out 4-1 when it's all said and done. I think Portland
1: gets one more. I think they can squeeze out one more game. I think Dane can carry him to one more win because in that first game, he really didn't go berserk. He had a real good first quarter, and then he had got hot in the fourth. He'll go berserk in one game. And get them one game. But I really think that the Lakers are, I don't even gonna think. Obviously, they're a better team than them. I mean, it's LeBron James. And because a. they got D. the GOAT.
2: The GOAT, remember? We, we gonna
1: the GOAT, the greatest. We're we going to start that at 556. The are going do that. The greatest GOAT of all time.
2: <laughs> the greatest GOAT.
1: I'm going to go with the, I can't even go over. I, I got to go with the under because I don't push. Push. It's,
2: push. push it's a push it's your push for me all right folks uh, a week from today a week from today we will be calling high school football Woo-hoo! the espn dayton high school football game of the week if you're watching live on facebook take a look here's our schedule for the season we're beyond excited centerville at fairmont a week from tonight uh, is where we'll be kicking off the season Looking forward to seeing Springfield, Mo. Douglas and Company will be at Centerville the following week. We'll get to see Wayne in week three. Wayne in Centerville, Miamisburg and Fairmont week four. Fairmont and Wayne week five, and Centerville and Miamisburg in week. Uh, So, again, if you want more information on our ESPN Dayton High School Football Game of the Week broadcast, head to wingam.com and check those out. It all kicks off a week from tonight, week one, Centerville at Fairmont, and we are excited about that. Myself and College Football Hall of Famer Keith Byers will be on the call all season. One more time, it's the ESPN Dayton High School Football Game of the Week. You can listen on air and stream us live at wingam.com. Kev? It's been a good week. Yes, sir. The interview with Herm Edwards, great stuff. That's going to be up on the website at wingam.com. And subscribe to the ESPN Dayton YouTube channel. Head there now, subscribe, like it. And by the way, congratulations to Nick. Nick was the winner of our Skyline Chili $25 gift card. Uh, So he's been contacted already. We have a lot of gifts coming up, including the PGA 2K21 video game for Xbox and PlayStation. We're getting like 40 copies of that thing. We're going to be giving away a ton of those coming up next week and the week after. The PGA 2K21 video game. We know how much they kick ass when it comes to the 2K basketball side. The golf game is pretty cool, too. Uh, we, got a, we got a lot of those copies in, and we're going to be giving those away. And all you have to do is subscribe on YouTube, follow the page on Facebook, The Justin Kinder Show on Facebook, and comment in the comment section. Those are the three ways you could be eligible to win. Not
1: you, though. Not me. Not, not me. I'm not eligible. I work here. So there you go. Folks, have a great weekend.